0: Hello and welcome to the DC drop where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV and comics. I'm Tom and I'm Zach. Let's talk a little bit more about Batman. The Hollywood Reporter had an article and starting with, they mentioned a little bit about the Robert Pattinson rumors and how some people think it's a done deal. Some people think it's, he's just the leader of a, of a short list, a front runner for it. And so they still, they, according to them, it's still an ongoing process and that could include screen tests, costume tests, readings and meetings. Basically, they're saying WB wants to be very careful. They're being very patient, very cautious, make sure they've got check everything, uh, background checks, I'm assuming, <laughs> that, that kind of thing, really, to make sure that they've got, uh, you know, because Batman is important to them, they want to make sure they've got someone good and they can rely on and and hopefully be around for a while.
1: But yeah, there's along- not much to glean from that, just um, taking time to find the right person. That makes sense. You want whoever's going to play Batman to be around for a while and to... To be committed to the role and, like, actually want to do it. But, yeah. So, not a whole lot to take from that. Yeah, I'd still be surprised if it's not Pattinson. Just because Variety
0: seemed pretty confident in that. So, I I have no reason to doubt them at this point. But it might be a little while before we get an actual press release from WB saying, this is the new Batman. But they also talked a little bit about the villains and who could be the villains. And it's more of what we've heard before. But they get into a little bit here. and, And from... From the article, it says, quote, Matt Reeves is still tweaking his script, which is rumored to have at least two villains, the Penguin being one of them. According to sources, one person is telling us there will be around a half a dozen villains. We're hearing of another perfect character making an appearance in the script as well. Yeah, obviously uh, alluding to Catwoman.
1: Um, Yeah, I uh, maybe actually, I don't know. Um, No, this I I like this. I like the idea of having uh, maybe a couple villains working together against the batman or maybe even six or half a dozen whatever you want to call it um but yeah the the penguin has been going around josh gad has been basically every other tweet that he's done has been some sort of thing about how he really wants to be the penguin so i don't know if they're talking to him about that or if he's just really really trying to do that Uh, but i think bringing the penguin back regardless of who's playing it that's that's a pretty unique batman villain that i like and you could do a lot of fun stuff with
0: yeah, if I have heard one minor complaint it's that penguin and catwoman that would just sounds like Batman returns. Yeah. I will say I think this would be handled very differently, you know, with Matt Reeves doing I expect to be expect to be very different from Tim Burton and also those are if those are just two of half a dozen, that's going to change things up a lot. But I we always talk about how many great villains Batman has. It would be really cool to see a lot of them and and see them that especially if this Batman's been around for a couple of years, he's already got experience with them. He knows them. Uh, You can fit them in without having to worry about having too many villains or establishing them. He could see them around Gotham or you could have it be part of the story where they're being thrown at him or used at him or, you know, something like Hush where you have a way to show a lot of different villains. Um, I'm still hoping for lots of them like the Riddler, uh, some other villains. But I think this is cool and if Matt Reeves is looking at this multi-film possibility, having them come back Having them show up, maybe they have a small role, but a bigger role in the future. And since Catwoman has kind of been, I'd say in recent years, is kind of the main love interest for Bruce Wayne, Batman, I think she's kind of taken over this century, especially. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me to have her in multiple films, have her a big role, big supporting player. And maybe she starts out as a villain and turns into more of an antihero, or maybe they play around with that here and there. But that wouldn't surprise me if she's a main love interest throughout.
1: Yeah, and it would be cool to have a villain get a long, even multi-movie arc and character development that, you know, is normally reserved for just heroes. So that that would be really interesting to see. Um, the one small part about this quote that is a little weird is that it's still tweaking the script. I feel like changing the number of villains and who is going to be the villains, that's a little more than tweaking the script, uh, but maybe not. Maybe he's got like the story and he knows exactly the story beats he wants to hit and there's enough Batman characters that you can kind of plop them in and still have them do sort of the same thing. That's true. He could also be tweaking the script and not necessarily changing the characters around. He could be tweaking
0: other aspects of, of the script. But I I like what you said there of seeing, hopefully seeing these villains recur because that's one thing we haven't seen a ton of in, in the two, two previous Batman franchises. I know Scarecrow popped up uh, in every film and we saw more of Ra's al Ghul, but they didn't have significant roles in, outside of their their first film. So I think that's something that would be cool to see Batman developing relationships with these villains over multiple films.
1: Yeah. Next up in some Wonder Woman 1984 news, Patty Jenkins talked about the setting for the film with uh, Deadline's Crew Call podcast. Uh, so she said, all I can say is that 1984 itself is definitely very evocative to what's important in that movie and resonates with right now. I picked 1984 for a very specific reason. I think it was the pinnacle of the success in the 80s, in my opinion, because it's before the market started to get a little more struggling as the 80s went on. And it was like the top of the top. It was such an incredible time. I feel like there's something about the excess of that period of time, which is so linked up to where we are now in the world right now, that it's set there for a reason. That's all I can say. Well, that's not much to say, Patty. Uh, (laughs) There's a whole lot of nothing there,
0: but it kind of tells me. And I'm sure there's more to it than this, but it's not necessarily an event that t- took place in 1984 or anything like that, or you know, she doesn't mention the Cold War or she doesn't mention George Orwell or anything like that. So it sounds like she the time period relates to the current time period we're in now, and she wants to use that. So I think it's something about the 80s, something about what was going on, what people were acting like, what the economy was like and all of that. It seems like that is more important than... Some of the other stuff we talked about previously like maybe cold war or that kind of thing
1: yeah and also interesting now is this this was a time that she was actually alive whereas the last wonder woman she was not alive there so she's probably bringing a lot of like personal experience about like how it felt to be alive then and what was going on so that's something different that she can put into this film that she didn't put into the first one yeah i'm sure that's a way to have
0: fun with it too just thinking of costume design and the way people act in the 80s which
1: is different from the way things are today so i think that's a, a way to have a little bit of fun with it next up zachary levi has been nominated uh, for the 2019 mtv movie and tv awards which he's actually hosting um and he's been nominated for best hero and also best Comedic performance for his role in shazam uh, and then another dc movie a uh, little one called aquaman has been nominated for best kiss between jason momoa and amber heard which is kind of a weird award but that's what you get at these <laughs> these kinds of things the viewers choice an mtv movie nickelodeon kids choice or whatever all those different awards they have have some kind of weird ones like that hey that's fun man people yeah. like that But you know what I, I don't know i think
0: i was split on it when the movie came out that is a, a pretty cool i don't think there is a cooler kiss in a film yeah that qualified just explosions <laughs> everywhere going on in this circular I, I need uh, yeah i think i think that deserves to win having seen none of the other kisses, probably from the list uh yeah i don't have much to say about this cool to see dc stuff get nominated uh those are only dc nominations but I, I am surprised momoa or amber Heard were not nominated for best hero i think yeah. they they would have both been great choices uh again i don't know who else was nominated but just thinking of that i think either of them i would have liked to have seen
1: yeah, it's always cool to see uh, DC stuff get some recognition, and this is uh, one of the one of the award shows where you can actually vote for it. So if you want to see DC actually win one of these awards, you can have a, a part in making that happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it'll be fun, you know, to, to see yeah. DC stuff win. Uh, let's uh, talk more about Shazam. Uh, the home media release dates have been announced. It's going to be July second for digital and July sixteenth for the four K Blu Ray DVD physical options. There's some lots of special features exclusive motion comic featurettes on the magical world of shazam and super fun Zack, as well as a scene study of the carnival carnival scene deleted scenes gag reel and other stuff
1: yeah sounds like some cool stuff these behind the scene things are always fun i i think this one more than some of the other dc movies probably will have a pretty good gag reel as you know this is essentially a comedy movie and there's probably a lot of, uh, goofing going on and some improv stuff. So I, I'm excited for that
0: part as well. I'm a little surprised. I didn't see anything about a director's commentary, which I believe David Sandberg posted something on social media about recording one. So, um, hopefully that'll be on there or I know for his first film lights out, he just released it on his own, just released an audio file that you could watch (laughs) along with it. But I, I hope that gets out there in some way, if not on the physical media somewhere.
1: Yeah. Alright, right, moving on, Mark Gunn and Brian Gunn, which are writers of Brightburn, which is like a a weird superhero, I mean, Superman inspired horror film, but that's beside the point. Uh, They're they're adapting an unnamed Vertigo comic for New Line. Um, They had an interview with Comics Beat where they talked about this. So they said, among other things, we're working on a sort of DC Vertigo adaptation for New Line that we can't totally talk about. But it's not a heavy horror idea. I will say that. so uh, the Brightburn was a, a very, very heavy horror film, so this is maybe a little bit of a
0: departure from that. Yeah, so having not seen Brightburn and not not knowing what they're working on, it's tough to say anything about this. If the guns the gun name sounds familiar, one of those is James Gunn's brother and the other is a cousin. So um, and he produced Brightburn. So, and and, you know, I don't have much to say about this. They also wrote Journey to the Mysterious Island. I think that's the only film I've seen of that. And that's a fun Dwayne Johnson action thing going on. So I don't have really any, you know, without knowing what they're working on, I have no idea what this could be. So uh, is there any vertigo thing that that jumps out? I mean, there's been lots of things that have been put in development. Uh, Federal Bureau of Physics, Fables, Hundred Bullets, which once had may still have Tom Hardy attached as producer and possibly star sandman has had several different iterations we've seen lots of vertigo stuff move to tv uh why the last man was once in development as a film and now it's going to tv um so yeah i don't most likely this is probably something like the kitchen that some small vertigo comic that we we don't know much about that is being turned into a movie
1: uh books of magic would be awesome to see that's never going to happen i can i think i can yeah. definitively say that that that's never going to happen that's a vertigo thing um yeah i mean sandman would be really awesome to see i i doubt that this is what they're working on i don't know i think they've they've had some like or maybe they are trying to do something different because they've had really big names attached to sandman that, that just didn't work mm-hmm. out so maybe they're going to try to give it to some lesser known and do a smaller thing with it so um that it's still, I think that would be really cool to see as a a Sandman film. And hopefully we're going to see that at some
0: point. Yeah. Sandman and fables. I think fables would be great on HBO. I'd like to see them at some point, but I don't know if, you know, again, without having seen much of their work, I don't know if they'd be the best choice for, for those or not. Yeah. Let's talk some animation. The release of DC super pets has been delayed. That animated movie was scheduled for may, 2021. Now it has been pushed back for may 22nd of 2022. Uh, I've seen some people say John Wick 4 just moved on to that date in 2021. I don't think that is really, I don't think you move an animated movie a year back just because an R-rated John Wick, as big as John Wick is, you don't move it back a year because of that. So I'm, I'm assuming this delay had nothing to do with that and they just need another year to work on it and get it ready to
1: go. Yeah, this isn't like, I don't know, this doesn't super affect me i i'm not like this obviously isn't at the top of the list of films that i'm looking for i think it's a really i think it's a very interesting idea and i think they could do something pretty fun with it um if they do it right so if they need more time to do that that is perfectly fine with me deadline gave the first bit
0: from their article first bit i'm assuming this is a a little synopsis for the film instead of just a general mention of what super pets is but they said super pets features the furry friends belonging to the likes of Batman, superman and wonder woman the latter's pet is a kangaroo named jumpa yes that is true from 1942 jumpa from wonder woman comics uh flying kangaroo yeah um that so i'm assuming this that means we're going to see crypto and ace the bat and we haven't gotten specific mentions of what pets might be involved uh it sounds funny to say that as i say that right there that we don't know what characters will be involved but yeah i'm hoping to see crypto and ace and jumpa yeah those would all be cool to see if you're going to do a super pets movie
1: yeah, that would be cool to see, and this is a this would be a perfect movie to release. And I don't know if if they're going to have this anytime soon, but like a dry spell of not releasing a movie for a while, this would be a perfect movie to release. Then, for one, to to get kids interested in DC properties, um, but also just to have some sort of DC attached thing out there while we're waiting in between the the bigger films. Oh yeah, I agree, and that's what was weird about the release schedule yeah. for it as
0: it was because Batman is coming the next month and then in august it would be the suicide squad so maybe in 2022 they didn't have a a place to put it or you know they had an opening for it that, that works a little bit better
1: yeah next up the release date for batman hush the animated film adaptation that's coming out has been announced so digitally it's going to come out july 20th and then physically it's going to come out on august 13th and also go to the streaming service dc universe that date as well there's going to be some special features attached with it, too. There's going to be a, a Sergeant Rock animated short, Love in the Time of War featurette, audio commentary, sneak peek at Wonder Woman Bloodlines, uh, two episodes from the 1968 The Adventures of Batman animated series, which has Owen Soul as Batman and Casey Kasem as Robin. Um, so a lot of a lot of special features on this film.
0: That's, that's pretty cool. I'm glad to see some of the 60s animated stuff yeah. on these as, as special features since they... Uh, usually have batman the animated series or something like that but yeah that's really cool and i'm excited for hush you know it's a good comic and i think they'll they'll do a good job with it i might be more excited but this is where the sergeant rock animated short is going (laughs) seeing him take on some uh seeing sergeant rock against some nazi zombies i I might watch that first before watching hush
1: yeah that's a good good idea
0: but good to to have a release date and and something dc to look forward to in the mid to late summer yeah we don't always get uh new dc content in the middle of summer so it's cool that we we've got this coming it'll be nice to have a sneak peek at wonder woman bloodlines 2 because i'm assuming that is still coming out late 2019 i know they wanted to that was announced before wonder woman 1984 was delayed and they wanted to have it close to that but i haven't heard anything that they'd be moving it so hopefully that's still coming out later this year and a little bit of tv news the cw and netflix us are not renewing their contract their current contract So that doesn't mean all the shows are disappearing off Netflix, if that's how you watch them. But the current shows, nothing will change for now. So Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning, they will remain on Netflix. New seasons become available eight eight days after the finale. This contract change does not affect any of those shows, is what it sounds like, what I gathered uh, from all of this. New shows, however, so such as Batwoman, will not be under that contract. And they can be shopped individually to streaming services. So they could go to Netflix. They could go to whatever other streaming services they have, but Deadline reports that Batwoman is being quote earmarked for the upcoming Warner Media streaming service.
1: Yeah, this is. I I mean, I think overall, like this is kind of disappointing, just because it means less people watching these shows. Like, if Batwoman does not end up on Netflix, there's going to be less random people just stumbling across it and watching it. Who don't have the Warner Media streaming service. So, that's kind of disappointing, but it is also completely understandable from a financial point of view and we can we can talk later about how Netflix is going to die. That's just my personal opinion. I don't think Netflix is going to stick around for a while, but that's my own weird thing. So, but um yeah, it's a little bit disappointing but also understandable.
0: Uh went to a dark dark place there, but yeah, Netflix has been huge for the Arrowverse and other DC shows. Uh, especially with the Arrowverse being available eight days after the finale, you can binge watch the whole season and plenty of time to get ready for the new seasons. I know that brought in a lot of new fans or a lot of fans just waited to watch it then because it was so convenient and an easy way to catch up. So yeah, that's probably a larger discussion, uh, your thoughts on Netflix and everything there, but certainly a year from now and a year after that, and then every year going forward, streaming is changing and I have no idea where it's going or, or anything like that. So Batwoman going to Warner Media, we still don't know how that if that does happen, you know, how's that gonna impact with DC Universe or having DC shows on there, you know, it's keeping things DC specific. Uh could we have potentially shows mixed up on if you wanna follow everything DC, so something like having DC Universe, having Warner Media, uh maybe having other services that you need, I don't know. Um that's definitely something to wonder about and know how it's how we're gonna be able to keep track of all of those in the meantime. But Again, with these CW shows, you can still watch all of them the day after they air on the CW network. They keep five episodes on there, so you can keep, watch them on the CW.com or the CW apps or anything like that with commercials. So uh, you can still watch them pretty easily if you want to keep up as they go. But, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see where streaming is two to three years from now.
1: Yeah. is uh, I don't remember. Are any of the CW shows on Hulu as well? No. that They
0: used to be you know the most recent five episodes but that all ended with um with that the last cw okay contract when they started doing putting everything on the cw app uh, a couple years ago so now on hulu does occasionally get some dc stuff smallville's on there now Uh, i think justice league action's on there and maybe teen titans go has a lot of stuff on there but yeah i I think that also could change going forward yeah
1: and this this also does like add some validity and Um, some more flesh to the the idea of this new warner media streaming service of we've heard rumors about it and we still don't know like how does that play or interact with dc universe Uh, but it seems like it is becoming more of a real thing if there's you know there's another news story mentioning it and talking about a show that could end up on it so that's just one more little interesting thing that we know about it
0: yeah absolutely so definitely more to come on that i'm sure yeah all right that's all we've got for today thanks for listening and we'll be back soon